If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. I'm hoping that you loved Michelle's speech from the messages from the bottle show. Next up was Victoria Vanstone. Vic is amazing. She's been on my podcast a couple of times. She has her own podcast, Sober Awkward, which I'm sure you all know and love. She's a blogger. She's an author with a book coming out in 2023. This speech really got me. It was a bit of a tearjerker, this one. There's those moments of realisation where you're like, oh, shit. It was a beautiful, beautiful speech. So without further ado, Victoria Vanstone. Where am I? What on earth was I doing last night? I remember standing on a table doing an air guitar solo of Sweet Child of Mine. People were laughing, an angry bouncer and a haze of strange places and faces moving away. Then strands of hair dipping in the toilet water below me. The only sound I heard was my own moans reverberating inside the enamel auditorium. My insides hurt as I heaved. Nothing was coming out, just air and the rancid smell of the abracadabra takeaway. Then, just me, alone in the rain, swaying. My night flushed away along with some foamy bile and probably a little bit of my dignity. Now here I am, eight hours later. Maybe if I lay still I can stop this hangover from forging its way into my body. Maybe if I don't move, my hangover won't notice me. I'm scared to peer under my sheets. I look down and scan my body. My sequined dress is clumped up around my waist like a deflated rubber ring. I have scratches on my knees, a black toenail covered in blood and disco dirt scuffed up my shins. Remnants of an unknown adventure mapped out in blotches over my pasty English skin. Where the bloody hell did I end up last night? Well, 
At least it's Sunday. Sunday means I can wallow in my squishy pit of discontentment until this stonking hangover pisses off. I try to go back to sleep. My heart beats fast. Irrational thoughts and half-memories bang around inside my head. I'm hollow as I think about what's forgotten. Empty because of what I don't remember. I sit up and decide to piece together my night, but noises from the land beyond my bedroom invade my hangover. Cupboards bang, the sticky sound of the fridge door being opened, the annoying clang of a single coin being flung around in the dryer. Then something high-pitched, like a cat being strangled. What is that? It must be the TV. Can you turn that down? But the noise gets louder. A warm light from the hallway enters my bedroom and the silhouette of my husband fills the space. The source of the racket is wriggling in his arms. You'll have to get up, Vicky. George needs feeding. What? The baby's hungry. Oh, yeah. Shit. The baby. Yep, a baby. My beautiful boy. And I'm too hungover to look after him. How the fuck did this happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. It's a mixture of ingredients. A perfect storm of fuck-uppery. I was born within stumbling distance of lots of cosy English pubs into a wonderful and eccentric family. My parents have poured cheap sparkling wine into plastic flutes and topped up the glasses of wobbly party-goers ever since I can remember. I saw that drinking was how people had fun, connected and relaxed. No negative repercussions as far as I could tell. I was in bed with my teddy bear by the time Auntie Pauline was sick in the punch bowl, or the police came to remove the man in the Union Jack thong from my parents' front lawn. I soaked up the cheerful pandemonium, and I knew very early on that being a drinker was my destiny. A sort of legless legacy. And of course, as a teen, I found being a few beers in made me more confident with boys. But my overindulgence led to vodka comas in farmers' fields and awkward hand jobs in park bandstands. It was all a bit messy and sticky. Each scenario left me gagging for more alcohol to numb out these interactions with lynx deodorant smothered teenage boys. But all of my rebellious undertakings felt, well, quite normal. I mean, I was growing up in the mid-90s. If I hadn't been snorting coke off a filofax or puking alcopops into a neighbour's wheelie bin, I probably would have been considered a weirdo. I was just having fun, coming of age. But a few things happened on my zigzaggy path. A bullying incident left me with a little hole in my heart. That heartbreak caused me to drink for the wrong reasons. It changed then. I began trying to fill a void. I began to drink to be accepted, within my friendship groups, in my family, and within a culture that really didn't give me many other choices. But deep down, perhaps I drank to feel loved. Then add a dollop of Ladakh culture, a spoonful of recreational drug use, a large helping of low self-esteem. All of it combined spewed out exactly what you'd expect. A reckless party girl. A girl that abandoned herself, gave herself away for the entertainment of others, 
I spend the next 25 years being a booze hound with no off switch. The one with the backstage passes to every single gig, nightclub and wake south of the M25 ring road. But I was a reliable drinking buddy, a never-ending conga line of festivity. You know me. I was the one that bumped into you and spilt your pint, the loud one with the punchlines and the red wine teeth. You might have even held my ponytail as I vomited tequila shots into a pub toilet. I was that girl. I didn't know that this behaviour was harming or that giving my love away so freely meant there was none left in the tank for me. Of course, throughout my decades of necking shots and downing pints, there were red flags whipping me across the face. But I was too pissed to notice, too hammered to take heed. There was the arrest, the ecstasy overdose, risky promiscuity, a tsunami, the cult, job losses, toxic relationships. Oh, and the millennium stump. I blew my finger off with a firework on the millennium night. But you'll have to read my book to find out about all that shit. But nothing, none of these quite dramatic events ever made me question my relationship with alcohol. You might as well have asked the ocean to stop making waves. Sober was not on my radar. All my exploits were simply another wayward story to add to my rich repertoire. I was a happy, socially acceptable binge drinker with a habit cleverly absorbed into the crowd. The sort of boozing that got soaked up by the people I surrounded myself with, drenched by a society that glamorises being three sheets to the wind. There was no time for looking inwards. Self-reflection interrupted solid drinking time. Anyway, I wasn't passed out on a bench with a bottle of Jack Daniels clenched to my chest. I was your normal British pub-dwelling booze bag. But then something got in my way and I was rudely turfed out of the lock-in. A baby. I'm going to be honest with you now. Motherhood was not what I expected. I thought I'd just shove that baby in a sling and fuck off round the world and continue being me. But the transition from party girl to mum was, well, very difficult. I'd gone from having glitter boobs at Glastonbury to being up to my elbows in shit and nappies. The party girl slowly slipped away. She oozed out of the bottom of my Birkenstocks. I was becoming, well, just a mum. A person that wore daggy shorts and hummed nursery rhymes as she hung out the washing. I was a cardigan-wearing bottom wiper. And I did not like it. The only way I knew how to deal with the mundaneity or the humdrum of being a new mum, or with any emotion at all, was to drink. Go out, escape the boring and find a piece of the old me on a grubby dance floor. So that's what I did. I left my husband holding the baby. I got pissed. I guzzled booze until I saw double. And that's how I got here. Hung over in charge of a small life, too sick to care for my baby. I must do better, I thought. I tried. I really did. Water between wine, sticking to beer, attempting moderation, but once one was down the hatch, my inhibitions dissolved and I was dumped in a taxi with a Coles bag to puke in. For four years, I got stuck. 
in a panic-filled Pinot Gris purgatory, trapped between the pub and an AA meeting, slowly fading away to grey. With each dusty Sunday hangover, three unwelcome guests crept into my life. Guilt, shame and anxiety. I listened as my husband took my son out for the day. I heard him zip up his raincoat and the front door click closed. By some bloody miracle, I got pregnant again. She was tiny, with blue eyes. It was blissful, and I made promises I couldn't keep. Seven weeks after her birth, I went out and got wasted. I danced around a pub with my maternity knickers sticking out the top of my jeans. I woke the next morning, my body pulsating with shame. My body shouting at me to change. Why can't I stop doing this? What's wrong with me? Why do I keep failing? I looked at my perfect baby that morning, sleep in her crib. Again, fear flooded my heart. I held my finger on my pulse, wanting to feel the moment my heart stopped beating. I didn't hold my children that day. When the panic subsided, I plodded into the lounge and sat next to my husband. I'm trying to stop drinking, but I can't. I think I need help. He took my hand and he promised to support me. And that is where my sober story begins. Now here I am, nearly five years later. A sober mummy. A mummy that is present. Here to bear witness to my failures and successes. Here to revel in the wonderment of sober life and to challenge the booze-worshipping culture in which we all live. I'm a person that no longer leans on booze to escape or deal with strong emotions. A mum that learned in therapy to be kind to herself, take responsibility and rebuild a life without alcohol. I'm not perfect. My kids still spit fish fingers at me. They get beads stuck up their noses and drive me crazy. And I still shout at them like a rabid howler monkey at times. But I'm here and I'm available. Always. A dear friend once said to me, never underestimate a cycle breaker. The changes I have made will gently ripple through my family for generations to come. And I hope this means my kids have a choice about alcohol and know that just being themselves is enough. Sobriety has taught me that everyone is capable of change. Humans can evolve and grow change the habits of a lifetime and go on to thrive. By saying no to alcohol, you're saying yes to authenticity. And it's the key to a happier and more fulfilling life. A life with less vomit, less shame and nowhere near as many visits to the STI clinic. On a final note, just remember, children are clever little fuckers. By existing, they force you into self-reflection. They shower you in something you can't avoid. They pour it all over you like warm custard until you're drowning in the stuff. Love. For them and eventually for yourself. It always comes back to love.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.